Today's first reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke what he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming from baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruit worthy of repentance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning is from Jeremiah, chapter 15, verses 15 through 21. O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me, and bring down retribution for me on my persecutors. In your forbearance, do not take away from me. Know that on your account I suffer insult. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words become to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. I did not sit in the company of merrymakers, nor did I rejoice. Under the weight of your hand, I sat alone, for you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unceasing, my wounds uncurable, refusing to be healed? Truly, you are to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you turn back, I will take you back, and you shall stand before me. If you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, you shall serve as my mouth. It is they who will turn to you, not you who will turn to them. And I will make you you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grass of ruthless. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So during these five Sundays of Lent, well, I guess with the exception of last Sunday, <laughs> um, I've been talking about neurodiversity in the Bible, about how not just our bodies are different, but our brains and our personalities are different too. Neurodiversity is a term that helps us remember that God has wired our brains and bodies differently. How we think, how we sense, how we interpret what's going on around us, and how we respond to the world around us. And and I'm taking this time because I think sometimes we think about those heroes of the Bible are all exactly the same. They're all good churchgoers who, you know, learned when they were young to sit and be quiet and not make a lot of noise during worship. How many of you grew up that way, right? We think the Bible characters were that way too. And, and so it can be, become hard to relate to them. You know, they're like the kinds that come and grow up and they become pastors. But the Bible heroes, they're not all alike. They're diverse themselves. And John the Baptist, who we heard about in our first reading, is a prime example. He's not the kind of Bible hero that you would probably call as your pastor. I'm, I'm confident if you had someone who came wearing animal skins, eating bugs... Um, 
calling you a brood of vipers, it's probably not your typical pastor fare. John the Baptist was one who stayed around the margins. People went out to him. He wasn't in the cities. He wasn't the one that people were flocking around. People had to go out and find him because he didn't fit in. Believe it or not, God does speak outside of the church. God even works outside the organized religion. That's what John was doing on the margins. Often when we think about the prophets, we think about kind of crazy people. That guy on the street corner, the shouting. Yesterday I was at a restaurant and a guy handed me a track about whether or not I was saved or damned. Um, people who shout nonsense. They, they make us feel uncomfortable. But you know who else did kind of uncomfortable, weird things? Isaiah and Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and Hosea, and Daniel, and Joel, and Amos, and Obadiah, and Jonah, and Micah, and Nahum, and Habakkuk, and Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. All the prophets in the Bible, they were weird. They were different. And, and they made the people around them feel uncomfortable. There are an awful lot of things that make us feel uncomfortable. The things that people say, but also the ways that they say them, and the ways that they act, and the prophets did both. It was both what they said and how they acted. We struggle with those actions that are less familiar to us because they are new, because they're different, because we don't understand. And so I, I was talking with the kids a little bit about um, stimming. Maybe that's a term that you've heard before. Maybe not. It's, it's repetitive actions that, that some people do, like flapping their hands or tapping their pen or movements that are just kind of unusual or jerky. One form of stimming is called echolalia, which is a fancy medical term for repeating what others say. Maybe you know people who, who do that, who just kind of mumble back exactly what somebody said before. These are ways that our bodies process that energy and that nervousness and, and what's going on, how we process data that's coming inside. You know, the more we take time to, to observe people and learn about ourselves, there's something called vestibular stimulation. Have you ever noticed there are some kids or even adults who like to spin or twirl or, or be upside down all the time or bounce or rock back and forth? These are all ways that our bodies are processing things, and we do them to different degrees. Some people need fidgets to help them be able to focus. Some people have tics or stutters. Some people are sensitive to things that nobody else is sensitive to, like textures or tags in their clothing or temperatures, sounds. And it's not that these people choose to be difficult. They're just wired differently than the majority. And their actions are not necessarily bad. They're actually coping strategies to help people figure out and, and be present in the moment. They're just different than what we're expecting. 
You know, it's kind of like someone walking around with a bad knee and, and limping a little bit. We all look and move a little differently. And many of the prophets, they actually had conversations with God. So that's where our conversation, uh, Jeremiah, in our second scripture reading today, is Jeremiah really struggling with being a prophet and being different. He says, you know, I'm persecuted and suffering insult. He's bullied for the things that he says and for the ways that he acts. He says, I sit alone and my isolation feels unending. Many people who do unusual things know that it's unusual and probably would not choose to do them if they, you know, had the ability to choose because they know that it makes them stand out a little bit. But so what? So what if we are wired differently? What if we're all different? You know, one of the questions that I ask when I'm doing premarital counseling is what is your cleanliness tolerance? Because we all have different cleanliness tolerances. And I think it's important to know what your future spouse is like. If I was doing premarital counseling for John the Baptist and his fiance, we would definitely ask that question. Not necessarily to force John to change, but so that they learn how to recognize what's going on and how to honor one another and live together. There's an awful lot of things that comfort everybody. Some of us love coffee or tea, reading a book, taking a bath. Some people love swinging. Anybody love sitting just on a porch swing outside and just kind of taking in life? That's vestibular stimulation right there. We just don't know the names for these things. People who like to wrap up in a blanket, it kind of reminds us of, of being in the womb, um, of being safe and secure. And, and so folks who have a weighted vest or a weighted blanket, it's just on a different level. All these things are wired into us. For example, babies, when babies get overwhelmed, when they're stressed, when there's a lot of noise, they fall asleep to help them process or to, to shut off all the overwhelming uh, sensations that are coming in. And so we all do things, wiggling, it's wiggling our legs, tapping our pens, sighing loudly, <sighs> right? Some people chew their fingernails, right? We all have ways that we deal with stress and anxiety, and it's just the way that we're wired. It's not that we choose to chew fingernails or something like that. They're just variations. And some of the things that we see are, are, are really kind of surprising to us and shocking to us just because we don't see them much. That doesn't mean we can't be surprised by people acting differently than we expect. But they're eccentricities are just that. They're just different. It says nothing about their character. You know, some of the most um, studious confirmation students are not the ones that are looking at me and having eye contact and, and looking like they're paying attention, they're doodling, but they will then ask a really insightful question. That doodling is helping them focus. The thing is that sometimes we get hung up on people's actions and their behaviors and their appearance and we miss out on their message and their invitations. 
I mean, imagine if people rejected John just because he ate bugs. The man who's preparing us for Jesus, calling people to open their hearts and challenging the established norms. It's easy to tune out people that are different than us, who seem overly intense, but what might we learn if we tried to understand what was going on underneath that? If we listen to what people are saying, not just how they say it. We might not label them as bad or misbehaving or weird or different. But we might find that some of these traits are the actual things that make them great and powerful and excited. Maybe you've heard that quote, you know, about entertaining angels unawares. That sometimes God is working in the people we least expect. I think sometimes we entertain prophets, the ones we least expect. There are a whole host of neurodivergent people, people who maybe don't fit the norm that has made or are making a difference in our world. Anybody ever seen that picture of Einstein sticking his tongue out? He's a brilliant man, but he's a little weird, right? What if we didn't listen because, well, that's not the way adults are supposed to behave, sticking your tongue out. There are lots of people, even today, that are making new things and new ways of making things. There's Ingvar Kamprad, the founder of Ikea, had ADHD and dyslexia. Barbara Corcoran, the Shark Tank investor, has dyslexia. Henry Ford, the founder of Ford in the assembly line, had dyslexia. Couldn't, had a hard time with reading and words would jumble and understanding. Richard Branson, who's the CEO of Virgin Airlines and Virgin Galactic, has ADHD and dyslexia. Greta Thunberg, the the, uh, climate activist, is on the autism spectrum. There are a lot of artists, especially that it seems, that seem to be a little different or have some diagnoses. Emma Watson has ADHD. She's the one who played Hermione in Harry Potter. Emily Dickinson, the poet, was on the autism spectrum. Ryan Gosling, the actor, has ADHD. You know, and there were no diagnoses like these back in the 1500s, but even Martin Luther was considered a bit eccentric by the people around him. Some very uncomfortably so. What is it that makes us sometimes uncomfortable by the people around us? Is it their message, their methods, their pushing the boundaries? of what we've known for a relatively long time. I'm not saying that all the people that I mentioned are saints, but some of them may have been prophets, including John the Baptist. I mean, John the Baptist questioned Jesus twice. There are a lot of people in our lives around us that struggle with things that we don't even know about. Not that long ago, my dad was telling me about how, looking back, there was an engineering student in his college class that behaved really kind of erratically. And he really didn't understand it at the time and and kind of laughed at it. But he was insanely bright. And looking back, as, as our family has come to understand autism better, recognizing, oh, okay, there's something more going on.
there are a lot of people in our own lives that, that, are, that are experiencing different things and process the world differently around us. And, and it's really easy to turn away. But what if we turn toward them? It doesn't really matter what people need to comfort themselves, to deal with anxiety, how they move their bodies, what unconscious tics they have. We always say it's what's on the inside that matters, not what's on the outside. So what if those prophets that I mentioned earlier had to try to fit in? What if John the Baptist said, you cute little bunnies? Who suggested you come to our peace and love festival? Instead of you brood of vipers who warned you to flee the wrath to come, right? He wouldn't be very good at preparing the way of the Lord. He wouldn't be good at calling people to repent and to change. Jesus himself didn't fit in. He hung out with the people that were on the margins. He was criticized for not using the proper hand washing and cleanliness. Can you imagine Jesus trying to fit in a church and asking the rabbi 8,000 questions? God has made us all different. God has wired our brains and bodies different, and to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And this isn't just about accepting others or saying those people are prophets, but it's also talking about us. That there are things that we need to do to be whole, to be comforted. There are things that happen in our bodies that we don't really understand why we move in those ways and do those things, but there are signs that we can pay attention to and learn from. We all have prophetic roles in our lives, and so we don't have to shy away from them, even when they set us apart. And so whether you find yourself not fitting in, whether you find yourself being a prophet or you know someone who, who is, whether you fit in with the majority or not, here is God's promise to the prophets among us. Spoken to Jeremiah in our second reading today, if you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, you shall serve as God's mouth. It is they who will turn to you, not you who will turn to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. What a cool blessing. Thanks be to God. Amen.